This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There is more to the story than just postpartum depression. And this podcast aims to share it all from personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to new parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I am your host, Dr. Kat Kayani, perinatal mental health certified psychologist. In our episode today, we're going to be talking a little bit about pregnancy and infant loss, as this month, October, is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. For those of you who have experienced a loss recently or at any point, if you don't feel that this is the right time for you to listen in on this episode, please feel free to gauge for yourself what's right, and we'll be here whenever you're ready. I just really wanted to spend some time honoring all the parents who've experienced this type of loss. It is unique from any other type of loss. And even within pregnancy and infant loss, there are very unique and highly individual ways that people experience loss. I've had the honor and privilege of sitting with a lot of these parents who are going through the grieving process after loss at many, many different stages of pregnancy and infancy. If you are one of the people who've experienced this loss, I just want you to know that you don't owe anyone an explanation for how you feel, why you feel it, or for how long you feel it. There might be people around you who don't really get it, and honestly, it's hard to get it if you haven't gone through it, or you don't work with people who have gone through it. The reality is, is that the length of a pregnancy does not determine at all if you should or can be sad for however long. There are so many factors that go into timing of when somebody is getting pregnant during their lifespan, and we on the outside have no right really to judge at all what someone's response is. It doesn't matter what your age is, how long you've been trying to be pregnant, how long you've been pregnant, or specifically the reason for the loss We on the outside of your experience really cannot and do not have the right to tell you how to feel. And really no one gets to define how you feel for how long you feel. And what's hard about this specifically when it comes to loss is that a lot of people who haven't experienced it or maybe who themselves have experienced a loss 
don't know what to say sometimes. Either they just have no point of reference because it's never happened to them or anyone that they love, or they themselves are dealing with their own trauma of loss and approaching anyone else who's had an experience of loss can be re-triggering and re-traumatizing for some folks. You know, we never really know somebody's full story. And that's why it's so important just to honor any parent who's experienced a loss. We don't need to know all of the details in order to do that. We only need to just honor their reality, their perspective, their experience, and be there for them in whatever way we can be. And again, that varies for a lot of people. This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Without going into any sort of statistics or hard numbers, There are multiple types of loss, many, many types of loss, and people who experience multiple losses. For a long time, this has largely not been discussed or shared for any number of reasons. There are very personal reasons why someone wouldn't share about a loss. Sometimes there are religious or cultural reasons why someone might not be sharing that they experienced a loss or wanted to talk about it, or even want to talk about a pregnancy after a loss for fear of somehow jinxing the new pregnancy. But what is very, very, very common is that there is a lot of self-blame after a loss and shame and also trauma. This type of loss is very, very overwhelming for people. A lot of the things that I hear from people that I support are self-blame comments related to, you know, maybe they feel like they did something wrong or ate the wrong thing or did the wrong type of exercise or drank the wrong thing. And therefore, if they are feeling like it's their fault that there was a pregnancy loss, then it can be utterly shaming. 
and feel horrible and make people not want to talk about it even more. It's an incredibly vulnerable experience to be pregnant and to experience a loss. And I think in society, because for a long time, we didn't know, people didn't understand loss, it was a lot easier for people to blame themselves. But I'm hopeful now that so many more people are talking about loss and sharing their own experiences that we can get rid of the stigma and the silence that surrounds it and how isolated and lonely people can feel after a loss. Some of the isolation and loneliness can also be experienced when trying to become pregnant again or being pregnant again after a loss, in part because of how anxiety-producing it can be. To have experienced a loss, then going into another pregnancy and being worried that it could happen again. And all the while, it's possible that people around you are not understanding why you feel anxious. They might be saying things like, oh, well, you should feel happy or grateful that you're pregnant or any number of comments that um, minimize the experience that someone is having. I think it is very reasonable to expect some anxiety when trying to become pregnant again and being pregnant again. Nobody wants to experience uh, such a loss again, and it is absolutely normal to feel worried about it. I think it's extremely important to also know that grief is not linear. It doesn't go from A to B to C, and then you're done grieving. The grief for the loss of a child, for a baby, for a pregnancy, also includes the loss of the hope for that life and the hope of the life that you would have together. It affects how you interact with family or partners or friends. And sometimes people can feel more isolated because other people are in different places with their grief or don't understand your grief. One thing that I see very commonly is, you know, the, the day of loss for a lot of people is a very significant date as well as other dates that sort of should have happened like expected birth dates or birth dates, dates of baby showers that were supposed to happen or that didn't get to happen. And along with that comes the longing for other people to share in the significance of those dates. It is absolutely reasonable to want other people to remember this significant date that is important to you. And sometimes very well-meaning friends and family, although they may want to be there for you, they They may not be remembering the dates that are important to you, or if they are, might not be sure if it's okay to say something or not. Because as you know, people feel very awkward around loss and death and grief, where we are not really well equipped on how to cope and deal with that. And so these dates that are very important to you might pass and you don't hear from anybody else. I really want folks who have experienced a loss to feel okay or encouraged to tell other people to ask you how you're doing, to tell them that you want them to remember important dates, dates that are important to you. You can tell them things like whether or not you want them to use a baby's name if the baby has one. You can ask them to check in on you, even if they think you're okay. It's really hard as the person who is experiencing the grief to then also it's really hard as the person who's experiencing the grief then to, to also be sort of in charge of telling other people what's okay and what not okay to do. But what I do find is that the disappointment when these important dates go by or memories or periods of time is that there's 
an increased level of just loneliness and sadness and frustration that other people aren't joining in and supporting you where you are. So in light of honoring your grief, I'd just like to also honor your process. Whatever it is, however long, in whatever way that you need to experience the grief and process what you're going through, it is okay. And as I said before, grief is not linear. There are going to be times where you are feeling devastated and times where you feel a little bit okay and times where you're kind of getting on with your day and then other times where you just can't. It can feel all over the place and it can feel like very hard in the beginning, especially to see your way through the grief. And grief can last for a while. Certainly from a mental health perspective, grief is a normal process after loss. But there are also times where the grief can be connected to trauma or turn into depression. So certainly I encourage everyone always to have some kind of support, whether it be from a group or an individual, a therapy provider, or somebody who really gets you, who knows and can tell when you might need more support. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I want to make sure that everyone has some resources. There are loads of resources out there for pregnancy loss support and infant loss support. What I want to offer you is remind you of postpartum.net. Um, has Postpartum Support International has a therapist directory where you can find a counselor who specializes in loss who can support you through this time. There's also a group, a free group 
on Postpartum Support International website that you can learn more about. Another great resource is Return to Zero Hope. This website offers a ton of resources on helping individuals through grief, getting resources for miscarriage or stillbirth or infant loss, and has its own support groups as well. You can also go on Instagram and check out Sisters in Loss with Erica McAfee. She posts great content and has a podcast as well. Also, check out PregnancyAfterLossSupport.org. You can also look into Dr. Jessica Zucker or on Instagram at I Had a Miscarriage. Another resource is the Star Legacy Foundation. And each of these websites also has their own list of resources. It can be really hard to look into support for yourself. It's hard to approach things like grief, like this kind of grief, to get support and talk through and process how this is affecting you. Sometimes it just feels so overwhelming. We've talked about loss quite a bit on the Mom and Mind podcast. And over the last year, we have several more episodes that we've added to our catalog of loss-specific episodes. So if you're looking for other stories to listen to, please check out episode 208, Perinatal Loss, Black Women, Birthing, and Protecting Wellness with Dr. Alfred. Episode 206, Healing After Miscarriage, Birth, and Postpartum Anxiety with Heidi McBain. Episode 200, Multiple Pregnancy Losses, Impacts on Mental Health and Subsequent Pregnancies with Kim Hooper. And number 188, Twin-to-Twin Transfusion Syndrome and Loss of a Twin with Sarah Arcada. There really is so much more to talk about and understand when it comes to pregnancy and infant loss. What I'm really hoping to emphasize today is to honor the parents who've experienced this type of loss normalize and reduce any kind of stigma that you may have internalized around this type of loss or how you're experiencing the loss, and to let you know that there are resources available. There is help available, and no one has to go through this alone. My deep wish is that I could take away this pain for you and give you the life that you wanted to have with your pregnancies and babies, and I know full well that there will be a part of you that will always ache. This grief does not go away. It just becomes something that you learn to live with. And hopefully the sting is a bit less over time. And please know there are those of us out here who are working to help reduce that stigma in our culture, create space for you to grieve in the way that's right for you, and are here to walk with you through this painful journey to healing. Thank you so much for being with us today. And on that note, there will be a lot of posts this month on social media. So gauge for yourself whether or not you can interact or you want to share your own story. Or if it's a little too raw for you right now and stepping back from social media works best for you. There is no one way to show up during this month. And honoring where you are on your journey is really what's most important. Thank you for being with us on this episode of Mom and Mind. Until next time. For anyone out there who's experiencing any kind of anxiety about becoming pregnant or being pregnant, the Pregnancy Workbook offers a lot of support and skills for coping. And pregnancy after loss is one of those times where anxiety can be very high. Although it's normal and expected to have some anxiety during a pregnancy after a loss, 
It's also very important to try and find ways to manage and cope to help keep your stress levels down. The Pregnancy Workbook really focuses on tangible ways for you to manage your stress day to day to have as much ease in pregnancy as possible. You can find the Pregnancy Workbook on Amazon.com and Target.com or anywhere books are sold online. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.